0: So, uh, so I have a question this morning. What is your favorite ice cream place? Or just to be inclusive in knowing that there are a few of you, I don't understand how, that don't like ice cream. Like, what's your favorite place for dessert? And as you're thinking about that question, you're probably wondering, like, what on earth can this possibly have to do with the Bible or today's message? Well, nothing, I'm just hungry and trying to decide where to go after worship today. Just kidding. Uh let's pray and then uh and then we'll we'll talk a little bit eventually about ice cream and dessert and how how it might help us think about this call of Jesus. Let's pray. God of all creation, open our hearts and our minds and our souls to your word for each and every one of us this day. Speak to us. Call us anew to be your church. And Lord, just show us through the words, around the words, in spite of the words today, show each of us how we might share in the love and grace of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray amen. Who have you told lately about the love of Jesus? Who have you told lately about how much Jesus loves them? It was a a retreat question. It was on a retreat. The retreat facilitator asked the question, and and one of the participants, uh, another guy a couple seats down from me, he he responded pretty quickly, and, and he said, you know, I just haven't really had the just haven't really had the opportunity. And the, the question was wasn't about people within the church. We express our love to them. The question was about expressing our love outside of, of the church walls, outside of the building walls, outside of the of the congregation. And after this, uh after this friend said, you know, I I, I really haven't had the opportunity, the uh the facilitator pressed and he said, Why is that? Like, is that really true? Have you uh have you not seen anyone to tell about the love of Jesus? An important note, uh, this retreat was all pastors. <laughs> the, uh, the participant, the only one really brave enough now to continue the conversation, said, well, I've seen people, sure, like I, I've been around people, but but most of my time is with church people, and, and I haven't really been around people outside of the church, and uh And then this facilitator said, so you haven't been out to eat, you haven't been to the grocery store, you haven't been anywhere where you've shopped, you haven't been involved in community organizations outside the church in any way over the the last few weeks? At this point, all of us are like shifting in our seats and dropping eyes, you know, when you're in a group and you're like, I don't want to be part of this conversation. Uh, We're all like putting our eyes down, um, feeling sorry for the poor guy who spoke up first in this conversation. But he went on and he said, "I, I guess I just haven't like, I haven't had the kind of relationship to be able to, to, to have the opening to share. The Spirit just hasn't, hasn't put me in that situation. And at this point, the facilitator, his voice changed. Like, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't accusatory, not in any of this, but his voice changed. And he just, he asked this next question with an invitation for us to just kind of dig into what we were talking about, about sharing the love of Jesus. And he said, he just said, why not? What's holding you back from developing those kinds of relationships? Or what are you afraid of? What what fear are you holding that keeps you from talking about this love of Jesus that you know with others? What are you afraid of? What's holding you back? We spent some time with those two questions. What's holding you back? What What's holding you back from the mission of the church, the mission of this community, walking with more people toward a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ? What's what's holding you back from from developing relationships with with new people so you can share Jesus' love with them? And what are you afraid of? What is stopping you from from telling people that you follow Jesus? What's what's stopping you from, from just letting everybody know what what a love you know in Jesus and, and inviting others to walk along that way with you. A little while later, the facilitator shared this, and it's, it's an analogy that I think maybe I have probably shared even here before. When you find an ice cream place, go back, picture that ice cream that you love, right? Your favorite ice cream place. When you find an ice cream place that you just love, what do you do? Well, first you order as much as you can eat, right? I mean, let's, let's be real and honest here. But then, then what do you do? Well, you, you share that recommendation with others. Like, you tell them, I found the best ice cream in the world. And if you're smart, you invite them to come with you to come experience that ice cream because then you get more and they get more. Why? Like, why do you share? Because you have found something that brings joy into your life, that, that brings goodness into your life, and you want them to experience it too, You don't want anybody to miss out on this goodness that you have found. And this isn't just about ice cream or dessert, right? We we do the same thing when we find, like, home improvement fixes, like a a great cleaning product or or a a little trick for a do-it-yourself project that works really well. What do we do? Well, we put it out there. Some of you put it out on social media. Some of you share it with friends. We share it. Why? Well, because we found something that made our life a little bit better and a little bit easier, and we want to share that so that others have that same experience. And particularly if we hear somebody and they're like, I can't figure out how to fix this or do this in my house. If we have the solution, right, what do we do? We offer it to them. We're like, hey, you know what? I found this really works well. And we share that with them because we want their life to be better. So think about that and then think about the fact that we gather as a worshiping community, as as God's people, as the church, we gather today because we know a love that knows no bounds. We know a love that is filled with grace and forgiveness, a love that forgives, a love that tears down walls, a love that is eternal, a love that is promised to never end, to offer a, a life eternal to each one of us. This is the love that we know. And we know this love can transform lives. Like we're here today and celebrating this love because we've watched it maybe transform our own life or or transform the lives of others. We know that it can give strength for the times when you just don't think that you could go on. We know that it can bring hope into the darkest places in our world. We know that it can bring healing into relationships. This love is incredible. That's why we're here today, to celebrate it and to share it, to, to create the kind of community where people are loved no matter what because that's the kind of love we want to know and that we want to share with others. That's the reason that we come together. So what's holding us back from sharing that with others? What are we afraid of when it comes to inviting others to this experience that we, that we know? When it comes to inviting others to walk in this way of Jesus that we know brings life and joy and hope when it comes to inviting others to live it out together, what are we afraid of? What keeps us from offering that invitation to just shouting it out to everybody we know, everybody we encounter? Today, we're going to take just a moment, we're going we're gonna to think about those fears with the help of a story in the Gospel of Mark. And I'm just going to warn you, this story in the Gospel of Mark, it's a little weird um, some think it's a lot weird, but we're gonna we're gonna dig in because I think within it Jesus is modeling to his followers some things that might help us think about the fears that we have in our lives about sharing the love of Jesus. So in Mark's account of Jesus's life, um, the. Jesus has called some of his followers, and, and these disciples are following him and learning from him. And then he he sits down with them and he teaches, and he teaches them, and he, he talks about planting seeds, and and he invites them to realize that even the smallest seed can can grow into into a beautiful tree with shade. And he's encouraging them just to have a little bit of faith and and see what God can do with that little bit of faith. And and he tells them, right? He tells them that you should let your light shine for others to see. And then. The disciples get in a, in a boat, and they um, float off onto the sea, and, and while they're on the sea, a terrible storm comes up, and Jesus calms the storm for them. And then we pick up the story there. This is Mark chapter 5, if you want to follow along in, in your Bibles. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasens. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. So what would you do if you were in, you know, let's say you're kind of toward the edge of town, maybe not a, not a great area, there's a, a cemetery there, and some guy, kind of crazy eyes, walks out of like one of the mausoleums and, and starts walking toward you. Like, what would you do? You'd cross the road to the other side and get out of there, right? Even, even if you're with a group, you're probably not going to make, nobody's going to make eye contact because you don't know what's going to happen here. You're just, you're just going to go on by on the other side, You're you're sensing danger here. Now, some of that's natural, right? But the truth is, we're afraid. We're afraid to get out of our comfort zones. We're afraid of the of the person who who seems to have issues that we don't understand. We're afraid of those that that we don't know much about. And some of that's natural and important, right? I mean, fears. Our fears come up when it alerts us to danger. And certainly if we were alone, we wouldn't want to, you know, walk into a dark place at night where there's somebody that we, that we didn't know. But, but Jesus' example for his followers raises another question, like, so who, who is going to get outside of their comfort zones for those that are at the margins, those who others have labeled as dangerous or other or, or unworthy or outsider, Who's going to reach them with the good news of Jesus' love if, if, not us? We don't know exactly what was going on with this guy, right? Um, the, the the Bible doesn't the story doesn't tell us exactly, but, um, but, it sure sounds in the crying out and the um, in the slashing of the of the uh, of the flesh with with rocks. Like he obviously had some mental a mental disorder, mental illness. maybe multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, right? And we might just think, I mean, even today, even today, there's, there's much in our society that wants to keep people with mental illness out at the side so they don't hurt us. There's much we don't understand, and we find ourselves avoiding keeping them on the margins of society. So we notice what Jesus does in this story is the man comes up to him, he doesn't run the other way. He meets the man. He's open to, to an encounter, to a, a conversation. Now it was Jesus, he wasn't walking into danger by himself. There were followers with him. But he also didn't walk right by and ignore this man. He made himself available. So where might God be inviting us? Where might God be inviting you to get beyond your comfort zone to share a message of love with others? Where might fear be holding you back? Where where might fear be holding us back from really getting the word of, of God's love, of Jesus' love out to those who haven't been offered the invitation, haven't been shown that kind of love and acceptance? The story in Mark's gospel, it continues. This is what happens next. And this is where it starts to get kind of weird. When he, the man at the tombs, saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? okay, I want you to set the pigs aside for a moment. It's weird. We're going to come back to that in a moment. The pig, it's weird, but, but set that aside for a moment because if we just focus on the pigs, um, we miss what almost feels normal but isn't in this story. Notice how the man responds to Jesus, right? It's, it's with this sense of, of fear, of, of trepidation. What do you want with me, he says. We can only imagine how this guy has been treated in the past, right? He's been locked up for how he is. He's been chained for how he is. He's been judged. He's been labeled as as dangerous and and an outsider. He's been banished from the city and told he's unwelcome there. In the Jewish uh, understanding of the time, he's unclean. And people wouldn't even go near him because going near him would make them unclean as well. We can just imagine that he's afraid of Jesus. Here's another religious leader. In fact, if he's heard the rumors, maybe, maybe the Messiah, the Son of God, he addresses him that way. Here he is approaching him, and he's got to be asking, like, am I just going to be judged again? Am I about to be cast out entirely into the wilderness? Or, or worse, are they just ready to be done with me? As a pastor... I get to have conversations with people all the time about how we share our faith and how we spread our faith. And in one-on-one conversations, when we're talking about sharing, just sharing the love of Jesus, like speaking Jesus's name, um, what I find all the time is people will say, "Well, I'm, I'm really, I'm really kind of reticent. I'm slow to bring up Jesus or, or faith because I don't want people. I don't want to be lumped in with those people who, who are, are judgmental or." Um, those people who are, are quick to condemn others, I don't want to be lumped in with them, and so I don't bring it up. Or or people will say, I don't know how people are going to receive what I say, and so I just I don't I don't want to talk about I don't bring that up. I don't want people to label us. Right? Sometimes we we worry that if we bring up Jesus in a conversation or even our, just our faith, that people will just immediately tune us out because they, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear what we, we have to say. Uh, Years ago, before I was a pastor in the church, and even probably early in my ministry, I I always thought, I I too, I I was nervous about talking about my faith and talking about Jesus because I didn't want to be Bullhorn Guy. Do you know Bullhorn Guy? Bullhorn guy was on my college campus. I don't know if bullhorn guy was on your college campus. Bullhorn guy stood on a corner on the college campus with the, with the bullhorn and, uh, and judged people as they went by. Like he was condemning everybody for their sins. Uh, people he didn't even know. Like he was just yelling out and, and telling them they were going to you know, burn for their sins. Bullhorn guy. I didn't want to be bullhorn guy, and so I didn't want to be associated with that. So I was timid. Today, I think it's a little different. I think many of us, I think uh, uh, maybe we, in this day and age, we don't want to be social media guy. A social Media Guy, I don't know if you know Social Media Guy. Social Media Guy is kind of like Bullhorn Guy. Um, social Media Guy um, is on Facebook or Twitter, and, uh, um, and they condemn and judge everyone, and they've got a, a scripture verse to go with every negative comment and, and every angry response that they put in the comments on, on social media. And we, we don't want to be associated with that. Just a, a quick aside. This is an actual post. From a Facebook feed of a pastor friend who is hanging out in a in a place where many would say people of sin are are there trying to share the good news of God's love, and this is the response that that he got from from someone else. Here's the truth, though. Right, we fear we don't want to be grouped with those people, or we fear that people will tune us out. But, but right, if we don't talk about the love and grace of Jesus. If we, don't, if we don't present how how we we love you and, and we accept people because because Jesus loves you and Jesus accepts people, if we don't live that out fully and declare it to the world that we are out there with the unconditional love of Jesus because that's who Jesus is, then the only Jesus people will ever come to know is the one is the one that's judgmental and, and condemning from those other loud voices. Perhaps right now the world needs more than anything else. Loving followers of Jesus who are out there sharing with people they know and people that they don't know. That that we know this amazing, accepting grace of Jesus Christ. And letting people know where it comes from and and letting people know who the Jesus is that, that we follow. Beginning with relationship centered in Jesus's love. You see in the in the story of Mark, Jesus could have walked away when 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 that guy came up and was nervous about him and what do you want to say to me? Like he didn't want to hear it, but Jesus didn't walk away. Do you know what Jesus did? Again, we'll get to the crazy pigs in a minute. Put that aside so that we can notice that what Jesus it seems It seems mundane. We can read right over it and not think about how extraordinary it is. What he did in that moment was he he asked him his name. He didn't walk away. He didn't judge him. He didn't even start with wisdom and teaching. He just said, what's your name? A sign of respect. An invitation to a deeper relationship. And then he listened to him. He listened to what was going on. He heard the demons beg to come out. He had to have sensed that the man wanted to be free of this illness. And he, and he healed him. He met the need that he saw there. You see, sharing in the love of, of Jesus means, means moving away from ignoring others and, and walking by on the other side getting out of our comfort zone. And sharing the love of Jesus, it it means even moving just from doing nice things anonymously. That's a first step. But truly sharing the love of Jesus means building relationships where we can listen and empathize and really hear the needs and then meet those needs in the name of Jesus. All right. I told you we'd come back to the pigs, because that part's weird. You may be wondering, so what what about the pigs? We're going to read in a minute what happens to the pigs um, after they go crashing into the lake, or we're going to read what happens after the pigs go crashing into the lake. But a quick aside about these pigs, um, something that you should know, we who grow up in urban or suburbia, uh, many of us don't know this, pigs can swim. Right? Did you know that? Actually, pigs are pretty good swimmers, which makes this story even more bizarre. Like so that the pigs rush down a hill into the water and then like, wait, why do they drown? Because pigs can swim. And I've studied this passage there and we could do that if you ever want to do a study. It's it's fascinating. But but here's here's sort of where I have landed. I think Mark is telling this very real story about Jesus and this man with mental illness that Jesus heals. And then he adds these details about the, the pigs. Um, and legion and the 2,000 pigs. It's 2,000 pigs because there were 2,000 soldiers in a Roman legion. And he's saying in this metaphorical way, as these pigs run into the water and drown, that this man is now freed from the control of the empire, from the labels that the empire have, have put on him as an outsider, a troublemaker, somebody unworthy. He's free of those labels of the empire, freed by the love of Jesus. And now here's the rest of the story. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Seems odd, doesn't it? He went to tell, and all the people were amazed. We stand in a long line of those who are invited by God to act, to speak, to share God's love, and at first find ourselves frozen by fear. Right? When Moses heard the message, he's like, I don't know God, I, am, I, don't, I don't think I've got the skills for this. When Gideon first heard an invitation, he was, he was also reluctant. and He was like, God, I, I don't know that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. He, he was doubtful, and he's like, I'm afraid that I'm just too weak. If we fast forward to the New Testament, we, we can remember that Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph, they were they were all told first not to fear. They started from this place of fear, right? It's easy to get frozen with fear. It's easy to to worry that people won't want to hear what we have to say. It's easy to think that maybe we don't have the right skill set. Maybe God's calling the wrong person. It's easy to think that w- we might be rejected if we talk too much about our, our faith with people. It's easy to think we're not, you know, we're not going to know what to say in the moment, or we're not sure about our story with God, or maybe we, we think our story isn't, isn't worthy. It's easy to think that maybe we're not called to walk with more people because because God isn't calling us to, to do that because we haven't been called like those missionaries and other people have been called to go do that elsewhere. All of these fears, all of these, all these questions, they can so easily just sort of trap us in this place of spiritual inaction. We just go through the motions. And, and the sad part about that is when we do that, we miss this invitation to go out and to participate in blessings, right? Each of these characters in the Bible, this long line, when they said yes, God did amazing things through them. In the story of the seeds, once you plant seeds are planted, God does amazing things. Right? A simple yes to God. A simple step across a comfort line to share God's love with somebody else. And God has just amazing blessings in store. And you see, at the end of this story, in Mark's gospel, this man, he's experienced this love, right? And now he wants to follow Jesus, and he's like, I, I go, I'm going to go wherever you send me. I want to go, I want to follow you wherever you take me. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, Go home. Go home and share the good news there. Share where you live. Share where you are. See, I think too often we have the sense we believe that mission fields are elsewhere. Right? Africa, other communities. And too often I think that mission fields are for professionals. Right? Well, the pastors are trained to enter the mission field and, and, uh, and missionaries and, and trained leaders, they're the, ones to, they're the ones who should go out. But in his encouragement of the man in this story in Mark, right, Jesus invites us to know that anyone who has is, who is known this love of Jesus, even experienced it for the very first time, is invited to go out and share it. And the mission field, it might very well be right where you are, right where you work, right where you go to school, right where you live, right where you shop, right where you get your hair done. Right? The church doesn't grow. God's kingdom and blessings don't grow because Pastor Brian is a great evangelist. The kingdom grows because the church, all of the people, know this love that's transformed them and they want to recommend that everybody come to know this love in their lives too. Which leads us to our Faith Fit Challenge for this week ahead. Our Faith Fit Challenge, right? Every week we, we think about what's a way that we can take God's word and, and live it out. And this week the challenge is about how, how do we face our fears? How do we take a first step? And, th- and that's really it. What what's one step you could take to invite somebody else to be in ministry or to be in the in the love of Jesus with you? And some of you right now are like, I'm an introverted, I don't, I don't know a lot of people. And, and some of you right now are like, I, I've been asked to do this before and this is intimidating. But I, I want to ask you just, just to face those fears and to face those questions and to take one step this week. And, and let me give you three sort of really simple ways that you can take a first step. Three things that I think you can remember pretty easily and carry with you this week. And here they are. The first, tell me your story. Right, one of the ways that we can take a step is just with somebody we don't know well, somebody we don't know their faith story, their, their family story, is just, just sit down with them over coffee or at lunch or in a break at work and just say, you know what, tell me your story. Tell me about you, your family, your life, your work. Begin like Jesus did with, a, with an introduction and the, just the start of a relationship and then just pay, pay attention what the Spirit brings up in those moments, the needs you hear, the the places of connection. Then just see where God leads. Number two, how can I pray for you? Ask someone at work, ask a a waiter when you're out to eat. It's a simple question, and it just shows that you care. Some of you know that uh, this is a habit I, I have had now for, for several years. I, I heard it from someone else, and when I'm out, particularly out to eat, every once in a while, I don't do it all the time, but every once in a while, I'll just ask our server, I'm like, you know what, my family's going to say a prayer during our meal today, or uh, you know, whoever's with me, we're going to say a prayer over our meal today. How, how can we pray for you? I've been doing it for several years, and I've never had anybody say, oh, I, you know, I, I don't want that, or I don't, I don't want to be involved in that. All the time, they'll just share, you know, just you know, pray for my mom, she's been sick, or or once a, a waitress with just tears in her eyes said, she, she's like, I, nobody even knows here at work, but I'm having surgery next week and I just need somebody to, to pray for me during surgery. God will open those doors. The third thing to remember is just the phrase, God loves you and so do I. Who could you say that to? Who might need to, to hear that? You don't have to convert everybody, anybody. God will do that. This isn't about converting anyone. You don't have to change a life this week with your great missionary prowess. Just watch for an opportunity to tell somebody, man, I love you because God loves you. How can I be here for you? Just plant a seed. You see, when we build relationships, God can convert. When we offer invitations, God will transform lives. I want to invite the, the band back up, and as they do, just share, share one thought as we're going out there, and, and some of you are sitting there, and you're still nervous about this challenge. What, what, what will this look like? What can this look like? As a, as a parent, when Noah or Ella are worried and fearful about something, you know, they have to do something, and they're, they're nervous about it, or they're writing a paper, or they're worried about their grades, I will often say to them, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And, and they'll share, you know, or usually they'll think about it a moment. And they're like, all right, nothing that bad's going to happen. And then, then they'll do it, right? But, but sometimes they'll share some, some real fears. And I, and I do that not because I want them to focus on the fears, but because then I can tell them, do you know what? None of that, none of that is going to make me love you any less. None of that is as important as the love that I have for you and that your mom has for you and that God has for you. You might get a bad grade or a teacher might not respond like you want the teacher to respond. Things might not turn out the way that you want it to, but, but you will still be loved and nothing will ever stand in the way of that. I think that's what God wants us to hear. Right? I want my kids to face their fears and know that the love that they know in their lives is stronger than those fears. And God's unending love, grace and power, right shared with us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, is greater than any fear. So, let's go and share that love. And when you feel timid, just ask, what's holding me back from the incredible blessing of being part of God's love expanding? Ask yourself, what fear do I need to release to God so that I can share the love of Jesus and share my own faith story? And then remember that none of those fears are greater than the love of Jesus that you're about to share to inspire and transform someone else's life. Amen.